0: Welcome back. So now we're back to uh, the shower when I just started crying, man. And when I finished crying, I reached out to one of my friends, <clears throat> my friend Bathtub. <clears throat> and Bathtub, j- j- just so you know, Bathtub is a woman, is a girl, it's a woman, uh, but... Is nothing like that whatsoever this is just really one of my truest friends I've known her for uh, more than two decades and like this is just really one of my favorite people in the whole world like there's very few people who I've ever met who's as great as this person to me and so it's one of my lifelong friends and that's that's it. So even though I'm I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say is nothing whatsoever like that because people mind always go to something else if it's a man and a woman, you know, talking about something. But I reached out to my friend Bathtub and I went to her house in Long Beach because her, she and I are both really really similar in in so many ways, like both silly. Both love singing songs and acting like we some uh, good singers. When especially me, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, playing games and going to eat something cool and 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 just just having fun like little kids, man, like little kids. And <clears throat> so I went to go visit my friend Bathtub. So we hung out, cracked jokes, sing songs, ate something, then went to sleep. So she went to sleep her room, and I was in the living room and I'm sleeping on the sofa and I will never forget this. It was like 1130 something, 1138, if I remember exactly. Because I remember checking my, checking my phone. Um, so let's just say 1130 PM. I have fallen asleep for, let's say maybe an hour and a half or so at that time. So um, suddenly I woke up. So I suddenly woke up and I went, I've experienced this part of it before um, sleep paralysis. I've experienced that until that point, I would say at least 10 or so times. I never forget. It started in college. The first time I ever experienced it was in college. Um, I was going through an experience of uh, looking to figure out what I wanted to do. And I had a, uh, I had a, I experienced sleep paralysis for the first time, but it was greater than that. I'll explain that later. Um, but now I'll just stick to where I am. Um, <clears throat> so I woke up and I was unable to move. I'm awake. Like I said, I, I, I grabbed my phone to see what time it was. I even pinched myself. <laughs> this is something I kind of do. Just out of I, I I'm I'm really a silly dude, right? And so many people say, "Yeah, I pinched myself to see I wasn't dreaming." So I really do that sometimes <laughs> because I do experience sleep paralysis, like I really do. And so I was more comfortable with it at this time. So, like I said, I had experienced it. Uh, well, to to date, it's about ten times. But at that period of time, it was like six, seven times I had already experienced it. So. It wasn't really shocking like it was the first few times, like it was a little scary even um so I was used to it, and I knew how to deal with it so if you don't if you're not familiar <clears throat> I don't know all the technical terms myself, but if you're not familiar with sleep paralysis, I'll give you just the basic, simple part. Uh, Sleep paralysis is this paralysis, just like you're paralyzed. You can't move. Right. Can't move. uh, But you are aware and you're awakened. You're 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 up. you, You can understand what's happening, but you're unable to move body parts. And for me, it's almost all the time. It's all of my body. Like my torso, my waist, my legs, maybe not my feet, maybe not my hands, maybe not my head, uh, but my my body part, my my you know torso, waist, leg area. Typically can't move those. Like I said, the feet sometimes or the lower legs okay. Hands sometimes. Sometimes I can turn my head left and right. Sometimes that varies, but but it's pretty much you're you're stuck in one spot. <clears throat> So I woke up, and every time I experience sleep paralysis, I know it's coming, even before I wake up. Before it happened, it's like this vibration. Like mm, this, I, I can't do it. I can't. I can't mimic it. But it's to the closest I can get to it is like, mm, it's like a like like when you turn on the electricity in the house, but nothing's on. No TV. Because if you ever had the electricity go off, you know. <laughs> You don't have to have the radio on or the TV on or anything. But if the electricity go off, it's like... (laughs) You know it's off, right? Uh Uh-oh, I got to pay that thing. Let me pay that thing. (laughs) And that's really funny to me now because I can't stand that, right? I never had to experience that fortunately growing up. But here in in China where I am, like some places you have to put money on a card, right? And you, if you look at this little machine, which is typically not in your apartment or, you know, and so you have to look at that machine to see if there's any numbers left. If not, it just goes off. Right. It just turns off. And hopefully the little office is open where you can pay. If not, you got to wait until the next morning when they open to to pay it. Right. So re- I can't stand that recently it happened. It happened twice to me here where one time I was like, forget that I'm going to a hotel. But the most recent, (laughs) the most recent time. So like things are on and then suddenly it just went off. But when it comes back on, it's like, and then, you know, it's on, even though the TV is not on or nothing is on. It's like this, this vibe, vibe vibrato, this vibration. It's like this vibration that you feel and hear. And so it's similar to that when I experience. uh, sleep paralysis and so before it happens i i feel that and i know it's coming it's it's undeniable soon as i feel that thing it's coming for sure never failed. so i'm laying there and then i feel that thing and then i'm sleep paralysis i can't move but this time in addition to sleep paralysis i hear a voice and i'm laying on my stomach like i'm laying on my stomach and my head is facing like my right shoulder so then I, even though I'm laying on my left ear, everything I'm hearing is coming from the top left of my head, right? I know that might sound strange. Like, I'm laying on my ear, so why is the sound coming from that side? But I didn't hear it from my right ear. It was from my left side. And that I don't know why, but that is something that was really, I don't know the answer to that even to this day. But that was something that was so odd to me. Like, it wasn't that I can only hear from my left ear. But that's where all the sound was coming into my left ear. And it was total separation from my right ear. It was like into my left ear. That was it, man. You can still hear out the right one, but you can hear something else, son. (laughs) So I hear out of my left ear. And then I'm so familiar with this vibration. I call it God himself talking to me. Because again, it has happened to me several times. And I'll explain that after I finally get through this beginning stage of this part of the journey. Um, So I started hearing a voice and the voice was as strong and as normal as you hear me speaking to you now. It just sound probably better, (laughs) right? And I forget all of the words, all of the words that were said. I, I don't know all of them, but I remember the specific categories, the specific points um, one of them said, leave the country, go to another country. That was one of the the points. Leave the country, go to another country. It didn't say, the voice didn't say where to go. It didn't say when. It just said, leave the country, go to another country. That That was it. The other thing I heard that stood out, it was two things that really stood out. The other one was a word, and that word was ayahuasca. Now, this is true of the story. I never heard the word ayahuasca until that point. If I had, I didn't pay too much attention. So I didn't hear any, I didn't, I don't have any friends who knew about this word ayahuasca. I'm not in such an environment where I would hear about a word ayahuasca. Uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't even spell it well. I didn't spell it right because... To jump ahead in the story, I didn't know what that was. So I had to search for that one. But anyway, back to that night, I hear leave the country, you know, go to another country, no specifics, just go to another country. And then I hear the word ayahuasca, some other stuff. I forget that stuff. And that was it. Sleep paralysis were off. I remember I had such creative energy that I, I, I get up and I wrote like this script. I wrote the script on my phone. I even called my friend like, "Yo, ave man, I wrote this joint, son. It's for you." He like, "All right, man, cool." But it's two o'clock in the morning, Jay. I'm gonna have to holler at you tomorrow. <laughs> no, he actually didn't say that. But, but really, I, 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 had, I don't know. I had a, a bolt of, of of creative energy, man. Um, but that's that was the sleep paralysis. So after I heard that, and it was so clear, it was so direct. It was no. It was no questioning. It was no guessing. If it was God himself, if it was the devil, if it was me, if it was my imagination, whatever it was, I heard it. Like I don't, Whatever anybody wants to say it was, doesn't matter to me. I heard a voice. Like I heard a voice and the voice was so strong and so clear that because I have had experiences where that voice, that sound, that frequency was familiar to me. I just, I knew it was the voice of God for me. Like I just, I just knew what this was. I, I didn't know anything else except for, I trust this. I just, it, it's like if my mother called me on the phone, I can't see her, but I know my mom's voice. And she says, hey, I need you to do this. Or, hey, I'm sending you this. I don't question it because I know it's my mama's voice. I don't think somebody's tricking me and all this. I, I know my mom's voice. And so with this situation, I didn't question it whatsoever. The next day after I left my friend's house, I felt so much better. Just by hanging out with my friend and being silly for a night, I, I felt better. And I understood why I was crying. The reason why I was crying, to go back in the story a little bit, was I had set these goals when I was a kid. And that also included making the NBA, to be honest with you. But uh, that was never really my goal. Uh, I just liked the game and, I wanted to be the best, but outside of that one, finishing college, writing books, making movies, doing videos, having my own production studio, all these things, I wrote this stuff down when I was a kid, making cartoons. After I finished the book, except for the cartoon and making toys, every single one of my goals, I was able to check off my list. And at that time, I'm like, so young, man. And I'm like, man, after doing all the things in Hollywood. Now, when I first got there, I never cared about the money. I really was doing it for the art, really. Even people say, what you got to eat, you got to pay rent. So, actually, so what? Like, I'm really the kid who was like, I don't care. I just want to do the art. I remember my first job, I had a paperboy route. And this dude, Mr. McNelly, this dude had me work the whole week passing out papers. And it was time to get paid on a Friday. That dude paid me 25 cents, man. (laughs) 25 cents. And I remember that's the first time I saw my mom turn into He-Man. (laughs) Like She went to that office and almost ripped that dude's eyeballs out of his head. But he paid me 25 cents. But the person who was angry wasn't me it was like my brother and my mom they were like you idiot like (laughs) no it was two weeks you get paid every two weeks how can you work for two weeks (laughs) for 25 cents and be happy but i was happy because my big brother was the person he had a job he was working at like a store and I just thought that was so cool. Like, my big brother got a job, right? So, this is several years later. I'm like, finally, <laughs> I got a job. First of all, nobody should ever have a job. Let's just put that out there. We got to start teaching people don't get a job, man. Never have a job. But anyway, this is young, young, young me, right? So, <clears throat> I had a. Pay- <laughs> Really, we live in this beautiful neighborhood, right? And you watch like Leave It to Beaver. Well, my mom my mother likes these old-fashioned shows, right? So Leave It to Beaver and all this type of stuff. Even some cartoons. Like the kid is on the bike and he's like, Master Wilson. And he's like throwing (laughs) he's throwing the paper on the porch as he's riding his bike. He don't even stop. Oh Mr. Wilson! And he (laughs) he just throw the newspaper. So me, I'm just like a cartoon character in my head at all times. And so I was able to live out that dream. I'm on my bike. I got my little, my newspaper bag. And, I, and I, I remember the process, like you roll it up a certain kind of way, you put the rubber band around it. And if it's raining, you got these little plastic bags, you put it in there, put the rubber band around there. And you hang it on the door so it won't get wet. So I remember the whole the whole system. I was so happy to roll my papers. Like you get up in the morning, you go get the amount of papers for your block. And I only did my block. I didn't go anywhere else. Just only my block. So roll up the papers. <laughs> and go on my bike and throw them on the porch to say, Mr. Wilson. Right? That was, I was so happy. So that never changed in me, man. Like I, I never cared about the money whatsoever, man. I just was happy, uh, happy doing what I wanted to do. So when I first got to LA, um, I wasn't making so much money. Like I would get paid like a hundred dollars a day to go do a whole bunch of filming. Like, okay, you're going to film for 16 hours. And we're going to pay you $100 a day. And I'm like, cool, right? But now I'm an adult. I should think better than that, right? But in my body, I'm just a still dude. It's still the same dude. I just like the arts, right? And so it might be called foolish and taking advantage. I get all of that. But I just never really cared, man. <laughs> yeah, I never. I just enjoy the arts. So anyway, the reason why I was crying in the shower was I had accomplished so many things in a relatively short period of time. I didn't know anybody in Hollywood. I didn't have family there. I didn't have friends there, really. Nothing. So I went from making 100 bucks a day to people calling me to shoot something like the Oscars or the Grammys. And I'm just shooting like the red carpet part of it. And that would be like 30 minutes, an hour. And they're paying me like, 1000, 2000 for th- like not even an hour of time. And, and at that point, I'm not even reaching out to people. I had done so much and made some connections here and there where now you got all these people calling me for so many gigs all around for so many cool things. I mean, filming for so many great things. Now it's not me putting flyers on cars or knocking down doors or, doing all this stuff for a hundred dollars a day or less than that. Now I was at a point where people were literally calling me to shoot the coolest things and paying me, relatively speaking, for me, I know people get paid way more than this now, but just for me, like to get paid, like I was working about, I don't wanna talk about money. I I don't wanna get so much into the money part, but let's just say I finally reached a level where I didn't have to put in so much effort to make more than enough money to do everything I wanted to do. And I only wanted to spend all the money I made back on more production stuff to uh, do more projects, man. So I was just at a level where I'm doing all these cool things. I'm getting paid well for it. And because of the way my mom used to say things, she never even believed all the people I was meeting. I wasn't so much into the people part anyway. So I never even shared with my family back in michigan what i was doing like it's all this great stuff man but i never told anybody like i if you didn't know that i was doing this like the one person that knew was a couple people that know like my friend adele my friend avery my friend gina like these were like my my people these are my crew people who we doing this stuff together for the most part right and so unless you're really them and the people i'm interacting with if you left it to me, nobody would know what I was doing. Even though I was doing all these incredibly cool things, nobody would know. And so be it's that that came from my mom not really even being happy or proud or anything of her son doing everything he wanted to do. Like, it, it's not about what I'm doing. It's, this is what I want to do. And after I had that energy from my mom, I just didn't care so much. So I got to the point where I, I reached this level where I feel you're never satisfied, I guess, because you're always looking to do something more and more. But at the same time, I do. I am a person who stopped for a minute. I appreciate the things. I appreciate the difficult part. I appreciate the part where you're almost there. I appreciate when you, I just appreciate. So by being a person who's just appreciative, sometimes you do look around and say, "Wow, this is much different than it was before." And I appreciated that moment, but in the, in, when appreciating the moment where now was not so difficult for me anymore, I'm like, man, this is a little sucks. Okay. So I can interview anybody that includes the president. Right. But what does it mean? Like, I remember I met Barack Obama, right? On uh, The first time a sitting president was, uh, on a night show. He was on Jay Leno's show. I was there. Right. My friend Dana and I. We didn't go together, but my friend Dana is there to witness. Like, so we we met the president on the same day. And this is the first. Well, I don't know, some of you may not be the first brother, but <laughs> this is he's recognized as the first brother to be the president. Um, so he's there and and, and and I can meet him and and all these different cool things, man. But even meeting the president and the first so-called what well, He is a brother, but I mean, like, so-called the first brother, because there are some questions about that. But let's just go with he's the first American brother to be a president, right? Uh, You're doing all these things. You can do anything you want to do. You can go anywhere you want to go. And it don't really mean anything. Even meeting the president. What does that really mean? It don't really mean anything. Like, it don't really mean anything. So the meaning, I, I started to think like the meaning of what I'm doing has to go beyond something that just feels good to me or feels good to, for somebody to hear, or I made some money from this, or this person has some status. And I, I it, it got to mean something different than that. So I started looking at all the things that I was doing as this don't mean anything, man. This whole Hollywood stuff don't don't mean anything. It just doesn't. No matter how cool it is, no matter how much money you get, no matter how many cars you get, like, and, and and that's people say you sound like a broke person talking like that. Well, that's fine. But from my perspective, at that moment, I started thinking like whatever you can accomplish in the field of entertainment for the most part, not everything, but for the most part is that there's there's a false bottom to it. There's a false bottom. And that's what I was feeling. That's why I started crying. So after I got that message about leave America and ayahuasca, the next day when I went home, I rushed to find out uh, what I should do about both of these two points. Since I was a child, I always had a fascination with Bruce Lee. And even though Bruce Lee was born in America, not in China, but he's still, you know, it gave me the love of China when I was a kid. And I told you earlier, I always loved drawing pictures. And when I was little, I will always draw these Chinese fights, like these karate fights, right? Or Kung Fu fights. And I would draw all these scenes and I will always use the Chinese architecture. I, I just think the architecture of the old China uh, buildings. It was so cool, so beautiful to look at. So I'll always draw that style. And so I always had like some kind of a feeling about China. I, I I didn't know so much particularly about it. exactly. I had never visited or anything like that. but I just had an affinity for for China. So long story short, even though I didn't hear China, I heard leave America, like go to another country. The first country I thought about was, okay, go to China, where I don't know. <laughs> I don't speak Chinese. I don't know anything actually about China, but that's where I'm gonna go. The other word I heard was ayahuasca. I started researching this and not researching to see, okay, what is this? Should I do this? This I don't, I don't know anything. I meant research to find out what is it because I never heard the word before. And believe me, there's not one person that I knew at the time that that said anything about ayahuasca i never heard about ayahuasca i never heard of it and so to hear such a thing that i never heard of that part it just never can escape me because i never knew anything about it when i started researching ayahuasca my gosh the stories that i started hearing from people so perfectly fit me and what i was feeling um I just couldn't believe that I heard such a thing I, and I never knew anything about it. Like it just, to this day, it blows me away. Like I, 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 it just blows me away that I never heard of this thing. And then it turns out to be something that fits me. Now the part before I get wrapped up in too much into the iOS part, cause that's a whole part of this thing by itself. Uh, I will say a couple things, then back out, and I'll talk more about ayahuasca later. Uh, The one thing about ayahuasca that I, if for anything, that I would be uncomfortable with is it was considered, or is considered, a drug. And anybody who knows me knows I've never done drugs a day in my life. I never even had a drink until I was 26 years old, and that was in wine with my friend bathtub. (laughs) At a party, at, at a, what is it? place and and universal, right? So um, I don't know anything about that world. Once again, not judging people who do, but I know nothing about that world. And so, but after I started reading more and more about it, it's not like some kind of a, even when people were saying drug. And again, I want to talk to you as as if it was happening, not my vision now, because now there's no way possible that that ayahuasca should be considered a drug? Impossible. It is not some. Dr- I, I will go to wherever there is to go and say ayahuasca is not some drug. Period. I just, I just refuse. It is the most intelligent, intelligent source of something being able to assist you with seeing inside of yourself, man. It is not some thing that should be considered. Illegal and bad and drug. Man, when I think of drug, I think of something bad. I think of, for example, drugs. You want to know the drug addicts in the world? Go to any church and you see all the people on the mother's board. They got the purse and on the purse is Sunday through Saturday. (laughs) You got all these pills on Sunday to take, all these pills on Monday to take, all these pills on Tuesday to take, all these pills. And they can't live without those pills. Well, I did ayahuasca and I can live without it. It didn't hurt me. But these people are all these side effects and all this. Those, those things are drugs. Ayahuasca is nothing, nothing, nothing that should be considered some illegal drug. But my biggest hesitation was it was considered a drug. And I know nothing about that. I know nothing about the drug world. I never did drugs a day in my life. I never experimented. I never sampled. I don't know friends who do drugs. Even though I live in LA where, again, that's like a mecca for people who to do all kinds of things. I really don't know. I, I don't hang around. If if, if there are some of my friends who do something, they never did it around me because I just don't do it. I don't judge anybody, but I don't I do not do anything like that. Uh, it's just not my thing. I don't need it. I'm, I'm wild enough by myself. I don't need anything. And so... I knew absolutely nothing about drugs, man. And then on top of it being considered a drug, people were talking like, this is the most potent thing that there is on earth. (laughs) Like the most potent psychedelic on earth. I'm like, man. So the funny thing is, there's one person who I know who uh, is like a yogi, right? And she's a person who is one of the most beautiful, and I don't mean just physical. I mean, one of the most beautiful spirit souls that there is. And my friend Serena, she's like the only person who I thought if anybody would know about ayahuasca, it would be her. So I reached out to her uh, in one of her yoga classes or after one of her yoga classes. And I was like, y'all want to talk to you about something. And I don't want to talk to you here because... Even me, like to talk about something, if somebody look at it bad or something, I I don't want to be associated with something that's seen bad. So I wanted to talk to her in private. So I reached out to her and I talked to her later. And I was like, Serena, like I'm considering doing ayahuasca. You know anything about ayahuasca? She's like, yeah, I do. And then I said, did you ever do it? She's like, no, I've never done it. You know anybody who's done it? No, I don't know anybody. (laughs) Like this sucks. You're the only person I think we know something about this and you know nothing. Ah, but then she proceeded to tell me one of the funniest things. So she was just saying, yeah, you know, if it's calling you, I think you should, you know, pay, answer the call. You know, you should pay attention to it if it's calling you. And then she was saying, just just don't worry so much because I, I don't worry about what people think necessarily, but I was always a leader. And when you grow up in an environment such as me, if there's a leader in the inner city such as Detroit or Chicago or all these different kinds of places like that, and you're a brother, right? And you're known for sports, and you're known for going to college, and you're known for all these good things. People look at that and say, yeah, man, that's awesome. I want to follow that guy. And that is good because that's kind of rare in the inner city. But if you're a person and people, fi- like I had people asking for autographs from me when I was a teenager, so it was people in prison. I don't know any people in prison, but people in prison would get out. Like, yo, man, I just got out. I want your autograph. Wrong people asking me for an autograph. Like, I just came out of Detroit. joint. You Jay Jones, number five? Like, <laughs> let me get your autograph, son. Like, really? Okay, here it is. So you got people asking me for autographs. So I took, my my coaches will always tell us, you, you're, you're living in a fishbowl. And I was one of the kids who took that to heart. And so it wasn't just about me not doing something for myself. It was like, I got people, cousins, little brothers, I got people who's looking at me. And if I do something that's bad, looked at as bad or some drug, now they may say, okay, he's doing it. So I can do it. I was aware of that. So more than anything for myself, it was this type of thinking that made me really, really aware of everything I did. And so... Um, talking to Serena, she gave me some advice. She was like, look, you have never done anything in your life, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she said, you can't go from zero <laughs> to the most potent thing <laughs> that there is. She was like, how about you do mushrooms first? And I was like, oh, great, okay, cool. That's a great idea. But then I was, after I hung up with her, I was like, Serena, I can't do mushrooms. Like the voice didn't say mushrooms and ayahuasca. It didn't say that. It said ayahuasca. So I can't, I can't uh, practice my way up. <laughs> I can't get some practice. It's like, it's like you get dropped into the ocean. If you can swim or not, it doesn't matter. You are going to try to get yourself out of that water. Like you, don't, there ain't no practice <laughs> to fall into the ocean. It's like you in the ocean, son. How are you going to get out of here? So I was like, nah, I can't do any more. She's like, I know where to get mushrooms from. I know where to do that. <laughs> so yeah, man, like, uh, I, I, <laughs> like I don't need any mushrooms, man. So I, I declined to, to, to do that way. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it like this. I found out that there are some places in, in, in South America where it's legal. Because the first thing was, okay, if I'm going to do this and it's so potent and I know nothing about it, it might it's already going to scare me from, from one perspective. I need to feel as comfortable as possible. And I, being a person who's never been in any kind of trouble, who's never done anything illegal, like, come on, man, I can't be in some house somewhere <laughs> doing some ayahuasca that's supposed to be so potent and the police raid it, like, yo, 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 get your head out of the toilet. <laughs> yo, man i can't do it like that so i was like i gotta find the right way to do this now before like i said the ayahuasca journey is a big part of this so i will go back a little bit to the china part um after i decided to go to china um here's a some some events that occurred to kind of block me from going uh I didn't know anything about China. I didn't research anything. I didn't read anything. Literally, I didn't uh, get anything to start learning Chinese. I, I did nothing. I heard this voice say, leave America. I thought of China. So that was it. My mom, my whole life wanted me to be a teacher. She always told me to be a teacher. And I do know a couple people who have taught abroad. I knew two people, well, one person in particular, and one person mentioned he wanted to do it so that brought that into my awareness like okay i'm not really gonna go teach to make some money i'm doing i can stay here to make money i'm making a lot right now um but i'm gonna go and possibly teach just as a way to uh explore uh china or wherever i'm gonna go so i found a way to go there and a way to do the visa and a way to uh, have some things provided for me. And it was just it was just a simple transition in, in from one perspective. But but on top of everything, my mom always wanted me to be a teacher. I was like, okay, that's killing a couple birds with one stone. Like, I'm going to go there, and I'm not going to focus on my creative side right now. I'm just going to go and possibly teach. So I remember it was like, Mm, That was like a Tuesday, I thought of China. That day, I looked online and I found a couple places that was like talking about teaching there, right? And I reached out to one. They had an interview with me on that next day, which was Wednesday. So Tuesday, I officially said, okay, I'm going to go to China. I started thinking how to functionally go there. I didn't really need to make money because I was like, I'll stay there for a year. I don't need to focus on making money the money is cool I don't need to worry about that I just just go on and and that and then I started thinking okay I'll write a new book it's gonna be called the creator and so I was like okay God, I got a plan now I go to China uh, explore the different uh, cultural religions or beliefs or whatever and and then I'll work on a new book called the creator <coughs> so that Tuesday like I said I found a, a Avenue They reached out to me. It was like, okay, let's have an interview on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I had the interview, and they offered me the job right away on Wednesday. And so on Thursday, they officially sent me everything, like contract and pictures of the school and all this type of stuff. It was just so fast. It was like, either this is shady, I'm going to get there, and they're going to do something to me, or my God, this voice is great, (laughs) right? (laughs) So they were like, how soon can you get here? Can you be here on Friday? I was like, well, no, I can't be there on Friday, man. But give me a couple months to wrap some stuff up, and I'll be there. Cool. So that is is a true, true story. Uh, I had an interview via Skype. I didn't even have any bottoms on, just as a joke. I'm like, man, I'm just going to put a shirt on, man. (laughs) They can see the top. And so I did an interview. And they offered me something, and and it came with money and everything. Because, again, I wasn't even caring about the money at all. So I was like, okay, I got a plan. The place where I was going, I never heard of it before. But I decided not to research. That might sound ridiculous, but I have confidence in myself, uh, even though I can't speak the language and can't read Chinese. And anything can happen to you when you travel abroad. Like, that can't happen. But the thing that gave me the courage to just not think so much was where I got the information from. I really trust that information. So I was like, everything is going to be fine. But even though I heard it, like I wanted to block out anything that can that could potentially stop me or slow me down from leaving because it's difficult to leave LA and it's just, just LA by itself. And it's also difficult to leave the whole Hollywood area that I was working in. And then on top of everything, I finally made it to a certain level where people are calling me and paying me a lot just for like 15, 20, 30 minutes of my time, man. I'm not doing everything to make $1,000 a month. You know, it was like I got $1,000 in 15 minutes. Matter of fact, it's 2000 Then it's it's like, if you know Hollywood, you know what I'm talking about. Award season, you're award hopping, man. It's party here, it's a party here, it's a war show here, it's a war show here. And everybody's calling you and everybody's putting 3000 in your hand for like 30 minutes, for an hour, for two hours. And so in one day, you make like 12000 This is a camera dude. And again, some camera dudes make way more than that. And I'm not talking about the money in a braggadocious way. I'm only saying it because... That's what I finally have reached. And so for me personally, to leave that after such a, such a struggle, you know that took some that took some courage and I didn't want anything to block me man. So um, I didn't start researching because if I research and I find something that I don't like or that I'm not familiar with this or this, now it's easy to lean on the fact, oh, I'll do it next year. I'll go next next summer. You know, I'll do it next winter. I'll go, you know. So I just left it alone. It's like, okay, I'm going to go. Long story short with that, to skip ahead in the story, uh, I think it was June. That that happened uh, in April. And in June, I was living in China. The ayahuasca portion was... uh, more challenging for me because of what I explained earlier. And so after I got over the hurdle of saying, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to work my way up by doing something else. I'm just going to go do it. But I, I needed to feel comfortable. And then I started, even that, I didn't research to find out what it would do for me. The research I'm talking about is where to go to do it where it's legal, where it's comfortable, where I'll feel protected. That's the the research I'm talking about. So I checked out a couple places and some places felt like it was all about money. And I was like, well, I don't want it to just be about money because that will offer me a feeling where this is a business. But the ayahuasca part, it's just something about that don't match business. Even though people turning it into a fortune now and it's business and it's more popular and all this, I get it. But it's something about that one that just feels like this is nature, man. Like if if it calls you, it's here for you. You don't need nothing. Because if you've ever been to Peru, and I'm jumping ahead, but if you've ever been to Peru where I was, that's like one of the poorest places I've personally been. But I love it. So my point is you don't need to be wealthy because everybody does ayahuasca there. And I hate saying everybody, but so many people do ayahuasca there and it's not about money you don't have to be wealthy you don't have to be uh the 1% you don't have to be anything except for a person that gets the call and you answer and so <clears throat> i jumped ahead a little bit but <clears throat> i had to find out where am i going to go man like i needed to be in a situation where it's comfortable and i and me personally i needed a woman to be a part of it And that might sound strange, but it's just the truth for me. I always felt more comfortable around women. I think they're more sensitive. I think they're more caring. Um, I think they'll look out for you a little bit more. Even if they're money hungry, I still feel like there's a a level that they won't really go to as a whole and so that that a typical man would. So I'm just being honest with you. I wanted to have a situation where a woman was involved as far as running the facility or something like that. I just I needed to feel the most comfortable so that one i i didn't research all the things about what would happen for me or to me what i was researching is okay let me find the most comfortable set and setting because i felt like that would be the most important thing for me whatever was going to come from it at least if i'm comfortable at least if i feel like the people are going to take care of me if i'm i didn't know what was going to happen like i've never done any kind of drug so I've, I don't have any drug experience. And again, even though I won't call ayahuasca a drug now, I'm talking through the eyes that I was looking through then. And so I'm like, man, I, I know nothing about such a thing. So I need somebody to care about me, even though they don't know me so well. So I looked around, I researched around and I found this one place. And um, I think I can use that name here. Because if somebody were to use that place, it would be my honor, man. So the new name is, I don't—I might not pronounce it well, Nami, Namiya Kaya. Namiya Kaya, that's where I went. It was a different name when I first started searching, but that's the name now. So these two parts of the journey is where everything takes off. But before I go into both of them, let me finish up the LA part back to the China portion.